Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Easing the RSV Burden in Infants, Looking Ahead to New Prevention Strategies. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent medical educational grant from Sanofi U.S. My name is Dr. Tina Tan. I'm a professor of pediatrics and infectious diseases at the Feinberg School of Medicine of Northwestern University and a pediatric infectious diseases attending physician at Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. In this program, we're going to be discussing the rationale and the evidence of emerging prophylactic agents for the prevention of RSV in infants. In any given year, there are over 2 million cases of RSV infection in the infant population that are reported. It's the number one cause of hospitalization in infants under a year of age in the United States. And of the medically attended RSV lower respiratory tract infection cases, 67% lead to primary care visits, 24% require an emergency room visit, and 9% result in hospitalization. There are up to 300 deaths that occur each year in infants that have RSV. Because there's been a decreased exposure to RSV during the COVID-19 pandemic, because people were isolating in their homes and not going out into public, this has created an immunity gap in both moms and infants. And what we've noticed is that there have been RSV outbreaks that have occurred multiple times in the last year and a half. The RSV outbreaks occur out of season. There have been more older children that have had severe RSV infections. And RSV infections may be more severe in infants because they are not protected by maternal antibodies. We also know that RSV outcomes are heterogeneous and unpredictable, and that the risk for hospitalization and death is not well explained by factors such as the age of the patient or pre-existing medical conditions. Up to 75% of hospitalized infants were full-term infants that were otherwise healthy with no underlying conditions. We know that about a quarter of the deaths occurred in infants that had no underlying risk factors. Roughly half of the deaths occurred in infants infants that were full-term infants, RSV also has some long-term effects. Children under three years of age hospitalized for RSV can develop recurrent wheezing or asthma exacerbations that may persist into adulthood. In our second session, we're going to review the current prophylactic treatment landscape for RSV in infants, focusing on the therapeutic gaps that are remaining. So in our second session, let's review the current prophylactic treatment landscape for RSV in infants, focusing on the therapeutic gaps that are remaining. So if you look at what we currently have to prevent RSV, there are a number of unmet therapeutic needs. Halivizumab is the only approved prophylaxis and is only recommended for a small subset of high-risk infants under two years of age. Those with congenital heart disease, those with chronic lung disease or prematurity, and those born at less than 29 weeks gestation. There are no approved or recommended preventative options for healthy or preterm infants over 29 weeks of age. And we know that 93% of RSV-related hospitalizations occur in infants that were not eligible to receive palivizumab. 
Now, there's some novel RSV preventative strategies that are in development. You have maternal immunization, you have some extended half-life monoclonal antibodies, and you have live attenuated vaccine that can be given to the infant. And each strategy has unique potential advantages and challenges. If you look at the potential benefits of these novel RSV prevention strategies, and you look at the potential percentage of outpatient clinic visits, ED visits, and hospitalizations that were prevented in infants less than 12 months of age with these different strategies, what you can see here is that the use of a extended spectrum monoclonal antibody has the greatest benefit of preventing the largest number of outpatient clinic visits, ED visits, and hospitalizations. Because palivizumab is only used in a small subset of patients, the impact that it has on preventing these different medical visits is much, much less. So there are some gaps in our ability to prevent RSV in infants, and there are some new novel RSV prevention strategies that are in development that will fill some of these gaps. So in session three, we'll continue by reviewing the most recent clinical efficacy data for the emerging prophylactic agents for RSV in infants. And the first thing that we're going to look at is the efficacy of the monoclonal antibody nirsevimab. This is data from the MELODY trial that looked at the proportion of healthy infants less than 12 months of age that were born at less than 35 weeks gestation going into their first RSV season and preventing these infants from having to have medically attended visits. We're looking at about 1,500 infants. What you can see here is that at day 150, there was a 75% efficacy preventing lower respiratory tract illness and a 62 percent efficacy in preventing these infants from being hospitalized. This is a phase 1B2A study of a different monoclonal antibody plus rovimab. One thing I want you to notice is that the number of infants that were evaluated in this portion of the study is quite small. And for medically attended lower respiratory tract infection, there was around a 81 percent efficacy in preventing medically attended lower respiratory tract infections and hospitalizations. And if you look at the hospitalization, the efficacy was 100%. But again, the number of infants is very small. And so we need to have more data to really know what the actual efficacy is of this particular monoclonal antibody. If we look at the efficacy of an RSV prefusion bivalent maternal vaccine, this is data from a phase three study. The vaccine was 71% efficacious in preventing severe RSV lower respiratory tract infection and 56% efficacious in preventing hospitalization. So at about five months after the vaccine was given, the vaccine still remains very efficacious this is looking at data from a phase two study. Here we're looking at RSVA and RSVB neutralizing antibody titers in about 213 infants. At day 43, the neutralizing antibody titers in the mothers is up to 10 times higher than pre-vaccination. There is very successful placental transfer of maternal antibodies protecting the fetus from hospitalization and severe disease.
So I think this is really encouraging that at least the preliminary data is showing that the monoclonal antibodies and maternal RSV immunization are very effective. So in session four, we'll examine the safety profiles of emerging prophylactic agents for RSV in infants and discuss how to manage key adverse events. So let's first look at the safety profile of the monoclonal antibody nirsevimab. This is data from the Melody trial. And what you can see here is that there really is no difference between the infants that receive nirsevimab versus placebo and the occurrence of an adverse event. Nirsevimab is not associated with any increase in adverse events. If you look at the safety profile for the monoclonal antibody plus rovimab, this is looking at, again, the percentage of infants with any type of adverse event. And this is from a phase one trial. You can see that there really is no difference with regard to the occurrence of serious adverse events. If you look at the safety profile of the RSV prefusion bivalent maternal vaccine, you can see that there is no difference in the occurrence of adverse events and all the adverse events that were observed were no different in the two groups, showing that the prefusion bivalent maternal vaccine is safe with no additional adverse events. If you look at the safety profile of the RSV prefusion maternal vaccine in infants, again, you really don't see any difference with regard to the occurrence of adverse events. And the adverse events that occurred were considered not to be related to the treatment. So if we look at the safety profile of the RSV pre-F3 maternal vaccine, this is data from a phase two study looking at the percentage of mothers with adverse events. What you can see here is no difference between the adverse events observed in the mothers that receive the RSV pre-F3 vaccine versus placebo. And if you look at the safety profile of the RSV pre-F3 maternal vaccine in infants, again, you can see that there really is no difference between the adverse events that were observed in those infants whose mother received the RSV pre-F3 vaccine versus placebo. So I think this is all very encouraging data that is showing us that the monoclonal antibodies and the maternal RSV vaccines are safe in both the moms and the infants. So in our final session, we'll discuss strategies to help integrate prophylactic treatments into clinical practice as they become available, and in particular, looking at ways to overcome barriers to vaccination. The lack of knowledge about vaccination among unvaccinated individuals is a major barrier to vaccination. And we know that many parents in the U.S. have limited knowledge about RSV, and knowledge of immunization strategies is very low. Multiple studies have shown that an individual's trust in their healthcare provider can be a major facilitator of their decision to immunize their children. Strategies to improve vaccine acceptance really should focus on education and building greater trust with their patients. One important thing is to identify immunization hesitancy versus complete immunization refusal. Hesitant parents may have concerns, but they're willing to listen to a healthcare provider and they're willing to weigh the risk and the benefits of receiving a vaccine.
Now, some practical strategies for counseling parents about immunization. You want to start the discussion about vaccines early, usually in the prenatal time period, and continue to present information about immunizations as part of the routine, regular health visits. Be very honest about the potential side effects that these immunizations may have, but be very honest also about describing the protective effects and the importance of a child receiving the vaccine in order to protect them against getting these diseases. Continue to build trust with the patients by telling personal stories that support the scientific facts about the vaccines and really listen to the concerns that parents may have with patients and empathy and provide satisfactory answers to these questions. So I think the most important points to take away is that RSV causes a significant amount of morbidity and mortality. However, The only current prophylactic measure that we have can only be used in a very small subset of patients. There are some novel RSV preventative measures that are in development that look very, very promising. And it's really important for all of us to discuss with our patients the importance of vaccines, address the concerns and questions that they may have, and be able to immunize our patients to protect them against this potentially fatal disease. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.